So today we're in the second week of our series about following Jesus, and um, it's not about knowing Jesus, and it's not about liking Jesus, and it's not about believing in Jesus, and it's not even about having a relationship with Jesus. It's about following Jesus. And last week we learned that that meant something different to Peter and Andrew and James and John and Matthew and Jesus than it does maybe to us. And Shane Aldridge and his dance team helped us to see that following somebody didn't just mean listening to them. It didn't just mean agreeing with them or liking them. It actually meant following the leader. Not just learning from the leader, not just, not just liking the leader, imitating the leader. It meant becoming like him. And as Jesus followers, that's, that's what we want, right? We wanna, we wanna follow Jesus. We wanna imitate Jesus. We wanna be like Jesus, right? Right? Yes. Lack of enthusiasm there, I'm gonna have to clarify. Um, so, I, like we, kinda like we have two different groups of people, so let me just, let me just know kinda where you are. Um, we're gonna put us in two groups. You can stay seated, but how many of you think, no shame here, just be honest, how many of you think you're in what I'm gonna call group one, and what that means is you really want to follow Jesus, even if it's scary, even if it's weird, even if it's hard, you're, you're here to hear what the Bible says, even if you don't like it. Okay, that's a lot, and one clapper, thanks Jim. <laughs> so that's good, okay, that's a lot, so you guys sit tight, we'll get back to you. And group two, how many of you are really here just to see if Shane and the Shaneettes are gonna dance again? <laughs> so there's a couple, okay, so it's honest and that's, and that's fine. So um, let's take care of group two first. Um, Matt, do you have the video? I could watch that all day, man. <laughs> ben sent that to me this week, and I think I sent it to like, you probably all of you already saw it because I sent that to everybody this week. Um, okay, so if you're in group two, you're good to go. Uh, you've seen the video, you've seen Shane dancing, and so you've got, I'm gonna say like maybe 36 minutes if you wanna like grab a quick nap or something. This would be a good time for you. Um, for the group one people, if you really, you know what follow means now, right? If you really wanna follow Jesus, even if it's weird, and even if it's hard, and even if it's scary, then today we're gonna to talk about a challenging subject. Um, last week we saw that Jesus lived in community. So if we're followers of Jesus, that would mean that we would live in community. And today we're gonna to see that Jesus gave sacrificially. And if we're his followers, we will give sacrificially. So how many of you now want to go back to group two? <laughs> uh, yeah, Jesus didn't just give. He gave sacrificially. It, it was a sacrifice. He, it, it cost him something. And what he sacrificed and what it cost him was everything. 
right? His friends and his family and his status and his pride and his comfort and his life. Because um, the best I can tell, um, before Jesus came to Bethlehem, his life was pretty sweet, right? He was in the presence of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 9 says he was rich. Um, he, was, he was the king of a world with gold streets, right? He was, he was doing pretty good. Um, this world that he was king of has no death and no sadness or sorrow or betrayal or cancer or car accidents or disease. Um, he was super popular. His approval rating was 100%. Um, the angels all day long sing about how holy he is and how perfect he is. So pretty good gig for Jesus in heaven, and he intentionally gave all that up so that he could be despised and rejected and betrayed and spit on and tortured. And he left all of that to, to, to live in the dirt and, and to deal with pain and hunger and fatigue and loss and poverty. Jesus gave sacrificially. It was, it, it had to be hard to give all that up. And so, as Jesus followers, for Jesus followers, sacrificial giving is necessarily hard, right? It's, it's, it costs you something. If you're following him, if you're doing it like him, then it, it hurts a little. Um, Christ-like, sacrificial giving means you don't just give something, you give something up. Do you see the difference? It's not just giving something. It's giving something up. It's giving sacrificially. Let me help you see the difference with a picture. Um, this is a dozen Titleist Pro V1X golf balls. The price, $54.99 for a dozen golf balls, and those are my favorite golf balls. I love those golf balls, but I almost never play those golf balls, and do you know why? $54.99 a dozen, okay? Next picture. This is Scotty Scheffler and his wife, Meredith, and Scotty is the best golfer in the world. And also, by the way, great Christian guy, and just a really, really good dude, and he and his wife, Meredith, are great Christian examples, and all of that. And last Sunday, Scotty won $4.5 million by winning the Players' Championship. And last week, on that same Sunday, I preached what my mom thought was a championship-level message. <laughs> and I did not make $4.5 <laughs> million. And that, that's okay. That's not the point. Here's the point. If Margaret, my birthday's coming up in May, right? And if Margaret gives me a Titleist, a dozen Titleist Pro V1X golf balls for my birthday, that would really mean a lot to me, you know? And I would really feel so loved. And you know why? Because she's on a pretty tight financial leash. And I'm just gonna tell you, 55 bucks would be a sacrifice for her, right? She, if she's gonna give me that, she's gonna have to give something up, 
right? And that would be, that would be great. But if Scotty Scheffler's wife, Meredith, gives him a dozen golf balls, he might not feel as loved as me, right? It's, it's the same gift, but is it? Right? I mean, you know, Margaret's like, well, I guess we don't eat on Thursday. And she's like, well, who cares? She probably didn't even pay for them. Right? So she, she, she gave as much, but she didn't give up as much. Does that make sense to you? She, she, she gave as much, but she didn't give up as much. She gave. She gave. She gave. But Margaret gave sacrificially. So if you've been coming to CBCB for a while, you've probably noticed we don't take up offerings here. Um, and I don't talk about money, like, ever. In fact, if you've been coming to church here for a year, you probably never heard me talk about giving. If, you, if you've been coming to church for two years here, there's a pretty good chance you've never heard me talk about giving. If you've been coming for 15 years here, if you ever miss, there's a pretty good chance you've never heard me talk about giving financially. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Let's talk about the first one first because it's really noble, okay? One of the reasons I don't like to talk about giving is I really don't wanna reinforce this false stereotype that people have that all the church wants is my money, right? And I don't want people to think that, and then they come in, and it turns out all we do want is their money, and then they, it's like now they, they don't come back, and they don't get to hear the message of Jesus. And so that's like the reason I tell myself that I don't talk about money, and that's true, and that's good, but the truth of it is there's the, maybe the bigger reason is that it makes me uncomfortable. And I don't want you to think I'm that guy you know, and so I've just, I've just never talked very much about giving and money, but more and more, I'm, I'm realizing and appreciating that the Bible and the life of Jesus should inform every aspect of our lives as Jesus followers. That means our work life and our play life and our marriage and our kids and our sex and our politics, right? It's, everything should be influenced by the life of Jesus and, and what the Bible has to say. And the Bible talks a lot about money. Jesus talked a lot about money, so I'm committing today. Also, we have crowding problems, and this will get rid of some people. So, uh, <laughs> I am committing today as a Jesus follower that I'm gonna stop being so afraid to talk about money. So today, for our group one Jesus followers, we're gonna talk about sacrificial giving uh, in the sense that most of us think about giving, and that is specifically giving money to church. So security team, if you would lock the doors. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not gonna tell you like how much you should give or how often you should give or something like that, but I am gonna tell you what I see in the Bible and in the model of Jesus about why you should give and not just why you should give, why you should give sacrificially. But first, I wanna tell you why not to give. So first I'm gonna give you two really bad reasons to give. Uh, reason number one, if you're taking notes, please do not give so you'll get. Please don't do that. Um, you know, the American prosperity gospel started like in the 50s or something, and then it really got rolling in the 60s and the 70s, 
and it's still really pervasive today. And the basic idea of that gospel is that if you follow the recipe, which includes giving a lot of money to the church, then God will have no choice but to bless you with health and life and healing and money. And in fact, he will give you a huge dollar for dollar return on your investment. In fact, prosperity gospel teachers love to use this term a hundredfold, right? You ever heard that? A hundredfold. I, I grew up with some of that in, in the church that I went to. And I'm telling you, if I hear the term pressed down, shaken together and running over one more time, it's like that, that can I just tell you something? That is just total BS. And we know what that stands for. Bogus and stupid, right? <laughs> I don't know what you think it stands for. Uh, it's just, that's not what it says. It's just not what it says. I mean, lots of God's people that God really loved in the Bible were stinky rich. Abraham was rich. David was rich. Solomon was rich. Lots of people in the Bible that God loved were rich. And lots of people that God loved in the Bible were poor. That's not the, the, the delineating feature of whether God loves someone or not. Um, the truth, Jesus said in Matthew 8, 20, this is Jesus talking, foxes have dens to live in, birds have nests, but the Son of Man, who's that? That's Jesus, right? He says, but I don't even have a place to lay my head. I mean, what is that telling us? Right? Jesus apparently was basically homeless for most of his adult life, for most of his ministry. And Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, so that we could become rich spiritually, Jesus became poor in every way. And this idea that the Bible is some secret recipe for how we can make money is just so stupid. I mean, the Bible is full of warnings about how dangerous it is to be rich. Right? The Bible is full of warnings about how being rich can actually separate you from God. So why would the Bible also include a secret recipe to get you there? So when a prosperity gospel teacher says, dig deep, right? be generous, and God's going to give you a hundredfold back in cash, that is just not the message of the gospel. That's the prosperity gospel. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the fact is, the Bible stories about generosity, you know, we talk about all the time. We read these stories for a reason, right? They, they mean something. And, and the stories in the Bible about generosity don't prove that at all. Um, here's a famous one. This is in Mark 12, um, verse 41. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple, and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Which, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, so imagine, here's the offering box. Right, and you're leaving the church today, and standing by the box is Jesus, right? <laughs> and as you're coming up, he's like, what's up, right? <laughs> you're going, oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so yeah, so maybe because of that pressure, many rich people put in large amounts. Uh, verse 42, then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins, like a couple of pennies, Verse 43, Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others that are making contributions, for they gave part of their surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Verse 45, and then she got a Rolex and a racehorse and a Bentley 
and a house in Aspen. Is that what yours says? Did mine say that? I mean, that's, you know why? Because that is from the APV, the American Prosperity Version, right? And that, that's, not, that's not what it says, right? And if that were true, if she put in those two pennies and she walked outside and there was a Bentley sitting there for her, don't you think that Mark would have included that in the story? It's the, there's no reason to think that she got a hundredfold financial return on those two pennies. And listen, it's not wrong to have those things. It's not wrong to have a Rolex. It's not wrong to have a Bentley. It's not wrong to have a house in Aspen. I hope you do. I hope you let me borrow it. I love Aspen, right? I bought a hamburger there for $24 one time and never went back. I love Aspen. I love a Bentley. That's awesome. There's no, as long as you possess your possessions and your possessions don't possess you, right? There's nothing wrong with those things. But listen, please don't give so that you can get. And this is probably not my best pitch if we're trying to raise millions of dollars. But if you're giving so that you can get, I would say put your money in real estate or bonds or, or Bitcoin or something, right? Because if you give so that you can get and then you don't get a hundredfold, then that's just gonna mess up with your faith. So really, if you're, if, you're, if you're giving to the church so that you can get rich, I would say just don't, just don't. Second bad reason, please don't give out of pressure from me. And please don't give out of pressure from other people. Um, I'll tell you, then this dirty little secret, I don't know how much you give. I don't have access to that information. So if you're giving to impress me or because I'm pressuring you, you're wasting your money. I don't know who gives what. I don't want to know who gives what. So don't do, it from, don't do it because I'm putting pressure on you. And don't do it because you're pressured by the people around you, right? This is what, one of the reasons we don't take up offerings here is I just hate this thing. Here comes the plate, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I better put something in there so the people around me will know that I'm saved, right? Or worse than that, I'm going to put a lot in there, and then everybody around me will know just how holy I am right? And here's me putting a dollar in, and I get a selfie, right? Check it out. <laughs> Hashtag generous for Jesus, right? That, that's, we don't, 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 just don't. If you're doing it for me, don't do it. If you're doing it so that people will think you're saved, don't do it. If you're doing it so that you can look good to other people, just don't. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, you must decide in your own heart how much to give. And listen, it says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So if you're giving because of pressures, oh, I want God to love me, or oh, I want people to see how generous I am, or oh, Larry made me feel bad, then I'm just saying just don't. Because truthfully, you're wasting your money. God doesn't, God doesn't, I, I don't know, right? And God doesn't love that kind of giving anyway. It says he loves someone that gives cheerfully. So if God doesn't love that kind of giving, and if it's a sacrifice for you to do it, why do it? Just don't. I mean, God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. Right? He wants your passion. He wants you to trust him. He doesn't need your money. So honestly, if, and here's another thing. If I trick you, 
with, in, into giving with some nonsense about how you're going to get money back if you do, or God's going to be mad at you if, if you don't, or how you're going to look good if you do. I got to answer to God for that lie. So if you're giving out of pressure from me, or if you're giving out of pressure from somebody else, then please just don't. Um, okay, so that's two bad reasons uh, to give to the church, and now we're going to give you a couple of better reasons. Here's why you should give, and not only give, here's why you should give sacrificially. You should give sacrificially because it pleases Jesus. I love that story of that widow. It's a really cool image. I like the image of Jesus standing there with a hand on his hip, and the rich people like, oh boy, here we go, you know, we're going to have to really take off the watch. We're going to have to really show something off here. I like that, but what I really love is Jesus being so amazed by that woman that he, he calls the guys, oh, guys, check this, you're not gonna believe it. Come look at this, look at this. Right? And the disciples are probably thinking, big deal, right? But he, Jesus, listen, get that picture, man. Jesus is saying, guys, come check, look, look at that, look at that. She amazed Jesus, she blessed don't you want to amaze Jesus? Don't you want to bless Jesus? There's a good reason to give sacrificially. It pleases Jesus. Here's a good reason. Give sacrificially out of gratitude. You know, James 1 tells us that every good thing is a gift from the Father, right? That means everything you have that's good, every time you turn on the lights and they come on, right? Every time you turn the key and the car starts, every time you pay with a card and it goes through, right? Every good thing that you have is a gift from the Father. And one way to remind ourselves of that is to thankfully give a little back. That's a good reason to give. Give, give out of gratitude. Give to further his kingdom. That's a good reason. I mean, I think all of us kind of have something in us that we want to be part of something bigger than us, that we want to do something more important than us. And this is a really good, a good way to do it. And I'll tell you in a few minutes about how we've, plant, we've planted a bunch of churches in India and literally thousands of people have been saved in these churches. And if you have given here in this church, you're part of that. You're, you're part of that thing that's bigger than you are. You've, you've given to further his kingdom. So you should give sacrificially, not so you can get and not out of pressure. You should give sacrificially because it pleases Jesus. You should give sacrificially out of gratitude. You should give sacrificially to further the kingdom, but mostly you should give sacrificially because followers follow. And if we're Jesus' followers, Jesus gave sacrificially. He didn't just give, he gave sacrificially. And if we're following him, we should give sacrificially too. So, you know, practical stuff. Everybody says, okay, well, that's so vague, you know, just like, like, like how much? Like, what's, what's right? What's, what's, an, what's an okay amount, you know? Like, just what's normal? What's average, you know? If you want to know that, I'll just tell you. If you want to give what the average person in this church gives, the average person in this church gives a million dollars a week. So, <laughs> if you want to do that, knock yourself out. You know, it really, it really shouldn't even matter what the average is, right? It has nothing to do with you because everybody's situation is different. If you're following Jesus, it should be sacrificial for you. But 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, you, you gotta decide in your own heart 
how much you should give. And so then everybody asks the question, what about the tithe, right? Tithe is good, 10%, that's good, right? And yeah, in the Old Testament, there were actually laws. It was God's law that you would give a tenth. That's what a tithe means, 10%. But then there were also the first fruit offerings and the grain offerings and the sin offerings and the guilt offerings. So it actually totaled up to a lot more than just 10%. But I'll tell you this, 10% makes easy math. So that's cool. You just like knock off a zero, right? You made a dollar, you give a dime, right? You made $100, you give $10. If you made a million dollars, you give 100,000, is that, how much is it? What's 10% of a million? 100,000, so there you go, it's 10%. That's, that's easy math, um, but even though a lot of those Old Testament concepts and values are still valid and they're still good, the truth of it is we're not under that law anymore. We're not under that law anymore, we're in, we're in a new covenant, so we're not made right with God by what we do. And we're not made right with God by how much we give. We're made right with God because of what Jesus did. And we're made right with God because of what Jesus gave. That's the Old Testament. And so in the New Testament, I mean, Jesus talked a lot about giving and giving sacrificially, but only once that I know of, Jesus even mentioned the tithe. And that was actually kind of making fun of people because they were like really careful to give 10% even if it was practically nothing. Like, oh, I sold some parsley today for 10 cents. Look at me putting a penny in the offering, you know. And Jesus talked about the tithe. That, this is Matthew 23, and he basically told them they need to get over themselves, is what he said. At verse 24, he said, you should tithe, yeah, but don't neglect the more important things, like mercy and justice and sacrifice and faith so yeah, Jesus is like, sure, yeah, I should tithe, that's great, but that's not the most important thing. You should tithe, yeah, but that's not like the pinnacle of what it is to be a Jesus follower or something. Yeah, you should tithe, but don't get so wrapped up in that. Um, I like the tithe. I mean, I think it's a good general guideline. I'll tell you that what most of our staff, I think, has our tithe withheld from our paychecks. And we just start with 10% off the top. That's just what we do. And we may also give to other special offerings or other ministries or something like that. So, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good, round, easy starting place for a conversation. But I'm gonna tell you that I don't think it's a magic number. If you're, if you're completely broke, there are people, maybe in this room right now, there are people that giving 10% might mean your kids don't eat. And I would say if that's you, I'd rather you not do it. The rest of us will cover for you and we'll just all give a little extra. Um, and there may be also people, if you're super rich, 10% might not be a sacrificial gift for you because if it's a sacrifice, that means it changes something, right? That means you're not just giving something, you're giving something up. And if you giving 10% doesn't make any difference, then 10% is probably not, right, not the right gift for you. Um, you guys know Rick Warren, uh, the Purpose Driven Life guy, right? So best-selling author, he's made, like I think it's uh, three gazillion dollars or something. He's made a ton of money from these books that he's written. And so for him, his feeling is, for him to give 10% of that is not really sacrificial giving because it doesn't really change his life. It doesn't, he's not giving anything up because he's just got so much. So you know what he does? He's a reverse tither. So what Rick does 
is that he keeps 10% and he gives away 90%. And so we got a sign-up table in the lobby. <laughs> if you're up for that, that's cool. Oh, I gotta tell you guys, I went, so I went, to this, I went to a meeting the other day with some of the local pastors and religious leaders and stuff. And this is kind of one of the topics we were talking about giving and specifically like, what should a pastor do? Right, because you know, we're so spiritual and all that. Um, and so we were talking about how like, we don't wanna be so legalistic about this number and whatever. And plus as a pastor, maybe I have like a higher responsibility or maybe because I work here, I should have less responsibility. So it's like, well, how does that, you know, how does that work? And how can we be like spirit led in our giving instead of so wrapped up in this number? And so I was at a table with some people, you probably know these guys, um, Paul Brandt, is a pastor at Boverde Baptist, I don't know if you know him, Kirk Freeman is a pastor at Crossbridge Church, and John Hinkebine is a pastor at Riverside, and he's preached here before, you know, you know who John is, and so those guys were talking, and I was just listening, and I was so impressed because they're so spirit-led about the way that they give, so Paul said, well, here's what I do, I don't wanna get wrapped up in the number, I wanna be led by the Spirit, so here's what I do. When I get my paycheck every two weeks, I go to the bank and cash it, and then I go out in nature where I can really hear from God and I put a blanket on the ground and I throw that money up in the air. And whatever lands on the blanket, I give that to God and I live on the rest. And I thought, dude, that is spiritual, right? That is awesome. And then Kirk, the Freeman from Crossbridge is even more spiritual. He goes, you know what, I do something almost the same. What I do is I cash my check, I take the money, I go out in nature, I pray, I put the blanket down, I throw the money in the air, whatever lands on the blanket, that's what I live on. And everything else I give to God. And I thought, these are spiritual people. I'm feeling kind of inferior with these guys, you know. And then uh, John Hinkybine said, well, I'm similar. Here's what I do. I cash my check. I go out in nature where I can really sense God's presence, and I put a blanket on the ground, and I throw the money up in the air, and whatever God wants, he keeps. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, real quick. That didn't really happen. <laughs> that, that's a made-up story. That's, that's, a, what a, that's a parable. It's a parable. <laughs> that didn't really, number, number one, that didn't really happen. Number two, please don't tell John I said that. <laughs> that's like, super embarrassing. So what's, I think, more important to Jesus than the amount you give or than the percentage that you give or the frequency that you give, I think what's more important to Jesus is the attitude, maybe, that you give in. So I think whatever we give, it, we should, our giving should be faithful. It should be faithful. And when I say giving in faith, I don't mean, well, I'm in faith that God's gonna make me rich if I do this. That's not at all. Remember the story we talked about last week with the, the widow with Elijah? She gave her last oil and her last flour, and then God took care of her after that. He didn't necessarily give her steak and lobster or something, but he took care of her. So we should have faith in God that way. Jesus said, look at the birds, man. They're not, they're not worried. God takes care of them and he'll take care of you. He said he would never leave you. He said he would never forsake you. And that is a promise in the real Bible. And so we should trust that. We should trust that he's going to take care of us. Our giving should be faithful, and our giving should be thankful. 
I mean, that verse in James says every good thing we have is a gift from God. And so every, every good thing we have, he gave us. And so we should be giving thankfully. At the end of the day, Proverbs 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord and everything in it, right? So the stuff that we hold doesn't really belong to us, right? It belongs to him. You know, this reminds me of, remember when your kids were little and they would be fighting, that's mine, no, it's mine, no, it's mine, no, it's mine. And remember that day when you grabbed them both by the head and just bang, and you said, you know, show me the receipts. It's none of this is yours. It's mine, right? That, that's the same. It, it's not ours. Everything belongs to God. He creates his. And giving is not about us sharing our stuff with God. It's about us being grateful for what he has shared with us. So a much better question, instead of asking like, how much of my money should I give to God, what we should be asking is, what's the best way for me to invest the money that God has entrusted to me? Our giving should always be faithful, and it should always be thankful, and it should always be effective. I mean, you know, we're, it needs to matter what you do. It, we don't just want to flippantly, you know, throw it around or something. Um, this is a, we're supposed to be good stewards of what God has trusted to us, and so, you know, you should, you should give through a vehicle. You should give through a church that you agree with what they're doing, right? And so, like at this church, you've heard us talk. In this church, we're investing in our community. You've also heard me talk about like, a lot of our ministry partners and how we're helping people overcome poverty and helping kids in foster care and helping people that are struggling with human trafficking and serving women that are trapped in the sex industry and we're planting churches. You want to talk about effective giving. So this Mission India thing that we do where we send money to India to plant churches, the money from this church has planted 112 churches in India. That's effective giving for a church this size to say we've planted 112 churches is, is ridiculous, but it's a very effective thing that we're doing. In fact, we talked to the Mission India people this week, and they've got some billionaire or something that's going to do matching gifts for a while, and so like we want to be effective, and so we're writing them a check this week for $24,000, and that's going to be matched, and so that's going to turn into fifty thousand dollars and so what's going to happen now is we're that's going to turn out to be 40 more churches planted in india so yeah i think that's when you give to this church that's and that's giving effectively that's not just throwing money around and seeing where it lands or something like that um real quick i promise uh kurt i would talk about this speaking of giving effectively um, you know, when you give with a credit card or a debit card, which is how everybody gives now, there's like a processing fee from the bank, right? How much do you think this church spent on processing fees last year? Let me hear a guess. $10,000? $30,000. And I mean, it's, it's a necessary, we gotta keep the money safe, right? We, we have to, it, your giving has to be secure. And that's just what it cost. But I wanna tell you, the most secure and most cost-effective way for you to give is through our app, the Church Center app. You should have, you should have that app. That. You should have that app on your phone anyway. It's an awesome app. If you wanna find people here or get information from your life group or send information to your life group, or it's a great, great, great resource. You should have it anyway, but that is, 
that is, there's even an option in there if you want to pay that $4 or whatever the processing fee is on yours, then you can, and then that way 100% of the money that you give goes to the church or something. But that's the most cost-effective way for you to give to the church. But listen, whatever amount you give and wh how, whatever frequency you give and whatever percentage you give, make sure that your offering is faithful and thankful and effective. And here's the hard one. If you really want to follow Jesus, then your giving needs to be sacrificial. It, ne it need, I'm sorry, <laughs> it needs to cost you something. It, it needs to hurt a little. Christ-like sacrificial giving is not just giving something, it's giving something up. And for some people, that might be $5, you know? And you know what, maybe for that person, that's less than 10%. If you're Elon Musk, it might giving more than 10% because realistically, for him to just give $600 million or whatever 10% for a year is for him, that wouldn't really be much of a sacrifice for him. That would be impressive, right, to people. It'd be impressive if he wrote a check to this church for $600 million. And Elon, if you're listening. Uh, but that really wouldn't be following Jesus because that wouldn't be giving anything up. That wouldn't be him giving sacrificially. It occurred to me this week that in some ways the Old Testament was easier, maybe with this thing, right? Because then you just give your 10%, you know? And if you're rich, you might not even feel it. But I think in our testament, right, in our covenant, in our world, I think Jesus wanted us to feel it. You know, as his followers, he wanted us to have passion like his. And following Jesus means going where he went and doing what he did and living like he lived. And in most of the stuff we're gonna look at in this series, it's really counterintuitive. It's really like, it's gonna seem weird. The, his, Jesus is so weird. His, the, the kingdom, his kingdom is upside down. I mean, it seems like Jesus would much rather have $600 million from Elon Musk that's not sacrificial, right? But what he really valued was that two cents that that woman gave that was sacrificial. And again, what it comes down to, he doesn't, he doesn't need your money. He really just wants your heart. So two quick stories, and I'll let you go. The first story you've heard, it's a story of the rich young ruler. Remember that story? Guy comes up to Jesus. He's a very influential guy. He's obviously a wealthy guy. He comes up to Jesus and he goes, what do I gotta do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, keep the law. You've got, you've got Exodus. You've got Deuteronomy, right? Read it. Keep the laws. And the guy says, oh, I've done all that. And so what does that mean? If he had kept the Old Testament law, then he had been tithing. Right, and he'd been giving the first fruit offering and the grain offering and the, and the sin offering and the guilt offering and all that money. He's a rich guy. This, this dude was a big part of the church budget, right? And so, I don't know, he's given $100,000 a year or something like that. And Jesus said to him, if you really want to follow me, it's gonna mean giving sacrificially, right? It's gonna mean you giving something up. And the guy couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't pull the trigger. And so the Bible says he went away sad. And Jesus went away sad too. And he told the disciples, man, it's just really hard for rich people. Second story. 
was a little boy that came to this church a long time ago, years ago. And I, it might have been their first time here. And he was really scared. He didn't want to go. You know, he didn't want to leave his parents or whatever. So he was crying and all that. And they said, oh, just go. And you've been back there. And they're like, you know, <laughs> go. And it's like, oh, he's crying and everything. And they said, okay, you can take your toy. And he had this, like, little action figure, little superhero guy or something, right? And so, like, that's his security blanket or something. That's his favorite toy. He loves it, whatever. So he said, okay, I'll take that. So he took that. He goes back to the class. Now he's back in the class, and he forgets about his parents like they always do. Now he's having fun. He's eating goldfish or making clay or whatever. And it's going there. He's learning about Jesus, whatever. That week's story, that week's lesson was, like, about giving. And so they passed, I don't know, like a little basket or something around, and everybody's throwing in their pennies and nickels and stuff. And at the end, end they dumped out the basket and in with the nickels was that toy to us it seems like I'd rather have the rich young rulers hundred thousand dollars than this kid's little toy but to Jesus this little boy got what the rich young ruler didn't because he gave sacrificially. And that's a really important part and that's a really hard part of following Jesus. So let's pray about it. Jesus, thank you, first of all, for your model and your passion for us and what you gave for us and this is a hard thing for us to deal with. Money is hard. You said it's hard for rich people. And realistically, we're all rich. So it's, this is hard for us. So God, will you just help us to see the model of Jesus and just help us to see. We don't want to give so that we can get. And we don't want to give out of pressure or to impress somebody or something like that. Lord, we just, we, we want to we give for the right reasons, man. We want to we give because it pleases you, and we want to give out of gratitude. And we want to give to further your kingdom. Most of all, we want to give because that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. We want to give sacrificially. So, Lord, I just pray, not that tons of money will come in. I just pray that you'll change our hearts. I just pray that you'll just show us what it really means to love you so much, to be so thankful, to love your kingdom so much, and to want to follow your example so much that we not only give, but we give sacrificially. Show us how to do that. Give us the courage to do that. Give us the faith to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, real quick, um, Easter is coming up. Don't get up. I got a quick video to show you, but everything you need to know about Easter is right here. Hey everybody, we're really excited about Easter at Ranger Stadium. It's going to be at 10 o'clock. We're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to look at his word and we're going to give away 7,000 Easter eggs. Hope you'll join us for Easter Sunday at Ranger Stadium. Hi guys, this is Miss Amanda with your Kidsmen team and I'm so excited to tell you about this year's Easter celebration at Ranger Stadium. When you get to Ranger Stadium, we're going to have bags ready for your kiddos with that week's Bible lesson and some goodies. After the sermon, we'll have a huge Easter egg hunt for all the kids to participate. We're hoping to give out 7,000 eggs this year, and that's where we need your help. If you could please donate 
pre-filled eggs, stickers, candy, temporary tattoos. We do try to avoid chocolate because it melts. You can drop those donations behind the Kidsmen desk anytime between now and Easter. Thank you so much for supporting our Kidsmen team and we can't wait to see you this Easter. Easter is coming up fast and we need your help putting on our big day. If you're interested in volunteering with us, simply head back to the Connection Center in the lobby after church, ask them for the sign-up sheet, give us your information, and we'll reach out to you about ways that you can get connected to help us serve this Easter Sunday. Another way you can help is to help us spread the word. We need people to know about what's going on at Ranger Stadium. So what you can do is share our events and posts we have about Easter or create your own on social media. Let us get the word out to your neighbors of what we got going on on Easter Sunday at Ranger Stadium. You can also just, you know, old school, invite someone to church. And we're actually asking every person at our church to be prayerfully considering two families or individual that you can reach out to that don't have a place to go to on Easter and invite them out to service that day. If you have a place of business where you might be able to hang something up, we've got some posters in the Connection Center. You can grab one of those, take it to work, hang it up, help us spread the word. It's going to be an amazing Easter. Okay, so... You could actually invite somebody to Easter. Who'd have thunk that? Not just post it on social. So like our stuff, share our stuff, share your own stuff. Also, we have these amazing posters. If you can get one of those, put it around, do whatever you can do. We're, we're doing this for a reason. Right? We want to be effective. We're spending a lot of money on this and a lot of effort on this, and it's going to be a lot of work. But we're doing this for a reason. We're doing it for a couple of reasons. One is Jesus deserves to be celebrated and his resurrection is so big and so amazing and so important, we should celebrate it. And number two, it is an amazing opportunity to get people to come in and just get a little taste of what it is to know Jesus. And so it's a perfect time to invite people, people that would never come with you to this might come to that. So bring them to that, we'll give them a bunch of eggs, and then when they come the next Sunday to church, they're gonna be like super disappointed when they say, well, where's all the eggs and stuff? I'm not gonna do that after that. So really, really important, invite people to Easter. If you can help us sign up at the Connection Center, also quick pitch, we're gonna have an amazing service, I think, on Good Friday. So you should really plan on coming for that. We're gonna do communion together. I'm really, really excited about what we're gonna be doing that day. So do that, and Good Friday, invite your friends, help us on Easter, pray for weather, right? Pray for weather. Today, I don't know if you guys noticed, today could have been Easter. It was 36 when I left my house today. So praise Jesus for that, right? Because I have a lot of pull with him and I've asked him to push the warm weather, push the warm weather. So we're gonna get all this cold out of the way now. It's gonna be awesome on Easter Sunday. That's it. God bless you guys. I will see you next week. Wow, thank you. <laughs>